the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me. billion in two weeks of the Ukrainian hand puppet of Kolomoisky. You may know him as the feeble fascist, the man with skin like tissue paper, who clearly has soiled himself, is embarrassing the nation again. This was this morning, though. So I'm why I got the news on all over. I still don't hear an update on it, except for one station, and you can imagine which one it is. But this is big news. Who gave this imbecile the authority to cut another $800 million? Do we not have a Congress? And if we don't need one, then let's put those idiots out of work. Because all they're doing is prostituting our political system anyway. Well, to continue to provide Ukraine the forces that they need, the weapons they need, excuse me, the equipment they need, their forces need to defend their nation. So in essence, we are the backer of World War III. Now, nobody wants to talk about this thing. Nobody wants to talk to Putin. I don't understand this for the life of me. I don't understand it. Why the information blackout? Why the lack of communication? Why just the blind funding? And then it comes down to because this is the payoff for the bribe that Joe Biden has partaken in since he was the vice president. This is what you're experiencing. This is the kind of political corruption that Joe Biden bought himself when the vice president and sold to put it to pretend his son was qualified for anything other than rehab. This is where we're, where we're at. So never forget this clip. Convincing that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from... Uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." That's the beginning of the corruption. A billion dollars of U.S. money to the corrupt, the third most corrupt country on the planet. That's the beginning, and now you're seeing the payoff. Of course it is. And there should be an impeachment proceeding right now. Has been a traitor to his party. False to the principles on which he was elected. I propose to demand from the House the impeachment, the immediate removal of the President of the United States. I agree. The problem was that was from 1933. That's when the country had standards. That's when old was 60. That's when incompetent just meant you made mistakes. Not that you didn't know what certain things were and you had a word salad for an answer on a simple, simple question. 
No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my, uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal. He forgot what it was. He forgot what it was. Hey, stupid. Title 42 is what was put in place because we had, you know, the, the, the pandemic that nobody wants to find the origins for. We'll get to that also. And this is to keep Americans safe from people from third world countries that not only may have COVID, but various other things, but specifically COVID. This is what was keeping America safe during the time, you know, before you destroyed the country, dummy. By the Justice Department, because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. I got $50. He thinks Title 52 or 42 is about masks. There's no question in my mind. He has no idea what he's answering. The problem is the people are distracted from what exactly this imbecile is qualified to do. And I don't just mean because he's suffering from dementia. He's a political whore for 50 years. I'm talking about the standards that this imbecile does not have the authority to give $800 million a week, a week to Ukraine, simply because the oligarch Kolomoisky has been bribing him and his son for a decade. He doesn't have the authority to do it. But I can't for the life of me figure out why there's not a Republican calling for him to be impeached in the same way people did in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, when we had standards. And this political whore, this mafia don, even if he had his faculties, wouldn't be tolerated for the obvious payoff of political bribery. But couple that with the fact he does not know if it's Tuesday or July. We have a a serious problem. But the Marxists of the day, so-called Democrats, they have no idea what this country represents. In fact, today in Florida, as a good thing was done, the districting that was no longer going to be accepted based on race, I want you to hear what these idiots did in Tallahassee. Keep in mind, there's three of them. And seven Lane Bryant models that are walking around with their phones out. Show me what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. Show me what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. Even the media couldn't make that look good. Three of them. And what they were protesting was districting based on voting, based on registration, and the fact that this state, Florida, was taking away a special corrupt deal with Disney, social engineers who now wanted to push back and use their political corruption with Democrats to fight laws that the people of Florida wanted and the people of the country want, as now we have 26 states fighting vehemently hard against the feeble fascists. So this is all very important, but when, you are propaga- or when you're promoting propaganda and it's accepted as news, it's a problem. The good news is CNN is struggling. They had to admit that even the Democrats' are being helped by all other news work. So when you see Chris Wallace take on Pippi Leistocking, it's a sign of positive, I think. Why has President Biden been so sheltered from the press? In what way? He just did a press conference a couple, several weeks ago. Well, and I was... he, does, he takes questions from the press nearly every day. Okay, I'm going to come back at you on that. In his first year, Joe Biden held two solo news conferences in the White House, and he held... Five on foreign trips. And, and take a look at this. In his first year, Mr. Biden sat down for 28 interviews with reporters. 
That compares to 95 in the same period of time for Donald Trump and 162 for Barack Obama. By comparison, Jen, that's sheltered. Well, but the statistic you didn't include there, Chris, is how many times did he take questions from reporters at the White House? I think it was about well, he's had double two, so, the two solo news conferences. She's trying to sell the idea that he answers questions when he feels like it, and then he walks away in the middle of questions as somehow answering to the public. Now, there are questions that should be asked today are about news that broke that should immediately invoke the 25th Amendment. Could any of this information in mm -hmm. any way implicate President Biden? Mm -hmm. I don't want to speculate on the, on the standing of this investigation, but I just want to lay out what the White House position is and what we know through our own reporting here at CBS News. Recently, the White House chief of staff was asked about this issue, and he said that the president felt that his family had done the right thing, but then also added that these were the actions of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the president's brother, and that these were private matters and that President Biden was not involved. What we know through our reporting here at CBS News is that there was another subpoena that was sent out to one of the major banks here in the United States. And it was seeking not only Hunter Biden's records, his former business partners, but also the records of the president's brother, James Biden. And these records went back to 2014. And the reason that timing matters is that it spans a period when Joe Biden was the vice president. What will happen is that history will prove that Joe Biden was elected while being investigated for political crimes. Crimes. He's been on the dole of the oligarchs in Ukraine, of the Chinese Communist Party, of even Moscow. And we are sitting here complacently. Well, he is cutting $800 million a week, a week to Ukraine. And nobody wants answers on it. Nobody wants to know 2014. What else happened in 2014? Hmm. It was the breaking of the Minsk Accord. It's when the Ukrainian government started to kill other Ukrainian citizens because they spoke Russian and whatever the case was. I don't really care. The idea is this was the smartest bribe that ever could have been done. And the FBI knew about it. Our CBS News investigative team was able to obtain this subpoena that was sent by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware in December of 2020. To 2020. December of 2020, they were subpoenaing records about the money flow of corruption to Biden Crime Family, Inc. And we've let this idiot destroy our nation for we're only 15 months into this idiot's reign. A law firm in Arkansas that represented London Roberts, the woman who brought and said Arkansas. You think it was Whitewater, Macbeth? Oh, no, that's gone. Was it the Rose Law Firm? You remember with Hillary Clinton, the Duchess of Chaffington? They like him big. A paternity suit with Hunter Biden. This is a very broad subpoena seeking financial records, and it falls into two distinct buckets. The first has to do with the flow of money in and out of his accounts. It asks for all documents, email. Why would he have accounts in Arkansas? Boy, oh boy, Mina, Arkansas. There's a big deal with the cocaine. Then there's Bill Clinton, and then there's Rose Law Firm and Whitewater and don't forget the one with the inner thigh rash that never really goes away. Hillary. Now that's a cankle. Where does the calf fat end and the ankle fat begin? Who knows? That's the fun. He's a freak. He likes them big and chunky. Instant messages related to income, expenses, debts, financial transactions, both personal and business. And the second bucket is 
really very focused on his tax situation. It calls for federal, state, local income and payroll taxes. A former U.S. attorney told us that this kind of subpoena really indicates to him that the U.S. attorney in Delaware is leaving no stone unturned yeah. in his investigation. Well, you're a little late, honey. The good news is you could buy off these Democrat roaches with a little welfare. Whether they go to college, just pay for it. Whether they need a little more gas cards, just give it away. And if it's the corrupt mafia, just get that infrastructure bill. And don't forget about the reconciliation. Are we spending that on top of the $800 million to Ukraine? Look what you morons did to my country. The good news is there's a documentary, 2,000 Mules, coming out. That will prove beyond the shadow of a doubt this was absolutely and totally an illegitimate presidency by the usurper and dimwit which will make me feel better about my country because the idea that anybody would vote for this political whore dimwitted with dementia makes me want to throw up in my mouth as if I was a gynecologist for the female Democrat Party. I'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. The FBI had the hard drive from early to midsummer. Now we're getting all of the scandals that broke a month and a half before the election. Now, now you're going to admit it. And in the meantime, billions upon billions upon billions are being misappropriated if I'm kind. Now, how could you possibly keep back the, the villagers from demanding that this imbecile be impeached? I know. I wanted to note on that front, yesterday you may have seen as part of the administration's historic commitment to support student loan borrowers and get borrowers the relief they are eligible for, the Department of Education announced changes that will move more than 3.6 million borrowers closer to student debt forgiveness. 3.6 million voters just swore allegiance to the feeble fascist, no matter how corrupt he is, because they don't want to pay their loans. That's how you do it. Just like people that don't want to pay their rents. Demand landlords improve the house. Forget about the fact that they're destroying everything. Just bribe them. After all, it's a welfare army, whether it's corporate or whether it's to sustain life. Megan, in her car. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. I'm driving. Can you hear me okay? I could, yeah. Okay, great. So, two points, uh, Sean. First one, you cannot play... Megan, don't get mad. We we have a uh, we have a terrible connection. Don't get mad at me, but I can't hear. It. But the, that's the that's the clip to always remember, because that's an admission of political corruption. The fact that he even did this and it would have got out without him confessing to it should have been reason for him to never seek office again. But see, the Democrats like it this way because they know how corrupt their mafia is. They they, they don't reject it. They want in on it. They like the schemes. They're involved in all of them. Their entire industries, the vast majority of them, cannot sustain themselves. They need welfare money. I listened to a tape today that I, was, I saved you from. It's the slob governor of Illinois bragging about the economic stability after he stole the government welfare for COVID. And the Democrat morons that voted for him the first time and will vote for him again don't care that he stole the money. To them, look at us. We got the money. Because that's the mindset of a Democrat. You cannot reason with these people. It's beyond reason. There are schemes of mitigation from Manhai, collectivism, socialism. It's all a lie. They're not interested in the result. 
They're interested in benefiting themselves. The greedy is not the man that wants to keep his own money. It's the guy that wants to take someone else's. But welcome to America, where definitions have all changed. Kevin, or is it Carol, Libertyville? Uh, it's Kevin. All Close. right. Just checking. It starts with the k sound. You're right. So, uh, yeah, I know. Hey, um, Sean, how are you? Um, you mentioned you started out the show uh, ripping Biden for sending aid to the uh, Ukrainians without legislative approval. On top of I the aid that was approved, he's sending this on top of the thirteen point six billion that was approved in the I infrastructure bill. I I don't know if it's on top of. But I know 100% that I'll bet that within that, was it 12 or 13 billion? That was 13.6 billion. 13.6 that we couldn't send to build our own southern border, but we could send to Ukraine. I bet there were carve outs for the president to send over whatever he wanted to. So I just want to clarify that. The other thing I wanted to say is we really need to begin to understand, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure your listeners do, the real enemy of what's going on in this country today that we need to be fearful of is the media and their ability to control a narrative. It, it literally gives Democrats a free pass to do whatever they want, because no matter how wrong it is, no matter how heinous what they're doing is, it won't be reported, or it will be set up as Kevin, no big deal. I couldn't agree more yep. with you. And as, as you're talking to me, right now, former president gives speech at Stanford on fighting disinformation. This is a president that for eight years spewed nothing but disinformation, from his claims of Obamacare utopia to his, his economic schemes to what his, his position was as the president of the United States, not to mention the fact that President Obama dropped more bombs than President Bush when it was in Syria, when it was in Yemen, when it was in the Middle East, that his calamity that he created in his foreign policy payoff to the military-industrial complex made George Bush blush. And he's going to talk about misinformation. He is the prince of misinformation, as are the Democrats. But you're living in a time when now the media feels comfortable censoring information. Go ahead. If I can get 10 seconds. The problem is that the, media, the, the, the regular general public has no idea who to hold accountable. Because how do you hold ABC, CBS, NBC? What we need to do, look at what's happening to Disney. All yep. of a sudden now we know who to hold accountable because he stepped out on the public stage, had his picture taken, his name is now widely available, and look what's happening to Disney. ABC, we, what we as conservative individuals who are concerned about our country, we need to hold the head, the owners. And of here's how you you're, you're right. Did you hear my show last week when I called for the absolute dissolving of all of your stock holdings in these companies? That's how you do I was it. On the golf course. Sorry. All right. Well, there you go. See you. Call your broker. Sell all the companies that offend you. Thank you very much, Kevin. You have the right to do that. Even if you're in a 401 scheme, even no matter what the case is, sell it. Besides, are you going to want to own Disney? Do you know what it's going to be like for Disney to call up and, and make sure that they have their wall correct and their zoning is perfect? See, they've been operating in a political swamp of corruption because they bought this from Democrats in the 60s in Florida. Oh, they did. 
They're neck deep with the Democrat mafia, as all the corporatists are. That's their form of corporatism. That's what I reject. That's not capitalism. That's corporatism. See, the, the, the thing about the Democrats, they're an organized crime family. There's either those that are in on it, those who are too stupid, and then there's those that want in on it. That's called their base. 312-642-5600. AM560, The Answer. In addition to the increased military funding, this is via NPR, the president also announced that $500 million more is being provided to Ukraine. This money the government can help use to stabilize their economy. Well, you got to be kidding me. Go to the store. What about our economy? You want to stabilize that? This is outrageous. It is a travesty. It is grounds for impeachment. If only, if only we had a Republican Party. 312-642-5600. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. Um, our country is being invaded through our southern border. Nah. Even no, those are just Democrats. Okay. <laughs> okay, future Democrat voters. We're yeah. being invaded by future Democrat voters. So I think uh, Biden or the Easter Bunny, one of those two are running the country, should send aid to Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona to fend off the invasion that's obviously happening at the border. You know, so I mean, there's a silver lining here, right? brother. There's a silver lining, and that silver lining is we are up to 26 states. I'm going to tell you something. You get four more. You get 30 states fighting this feeble fascist usurper in chief. And you got yourself an argument. And now you convention of the states and you let these roaches take their own states and their own lies and their own problems and their own welfare system. That's what needs to be done because you're not going to reason with these kind of people. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. This is a, clearly a Democrat. And her gripe is that the, the fact of the matter, this is jumping a little bit to COVID. 80%, this is a tragedy, 80% of all deaths, the ones that, that we don't want to talk about, how under Biden it's doubled versus Trump of the deaths due to COVID, you know, with the three vaccines and all the rest of it. Shh, don't talk about the deaths. And specifically don't mention that 80% of them were obese, clinically obese. That's just a fact. You certainly don't want to mention that the biggest problem in the welfare recipients is obesity. It's the only country in the world where you're broke-ass poor and you're also 400 pounds. This is a problem. So Democrats don't like this. They don't like to point it out. The obesity epidemic isn't real and it shouldn't be an anti-capitalist talking point. When someone unironically references the obesity epidemic or even uses the word obesity, it tells me they really don't know what they're talking about when it comes to fatness. Uh, she talks like she chews because she's a good 450. And I take a look at her. You can find her on YouTube. Obesity. She's got a little... Van Dyke, you'll get used to the hair around their mouth as she starts talking. Talks very fast. This use of the word obesity stems directly from the BMI, which was created by a eugenicist with no medical training who based the scale only on white bodies and cow math. Fatness is not an epidemic. Fat people existed before capitalism and before colonization. Yeah, they were mainly kings and part of the government back then. Wasn't a lot of fat people in, uh, you know, like the 1800s. Nah, there wasn't a lot of fat people. Not a lot of fat people in the 1700s. Nope, nope, nope. You know when you got fat people? When you started paying them to sit on their fat ass and vote Democrat. Then you got a lot of fat people, and they're chapped about being called fat. They prefer other words like governor, 
Fat phobia is a direct result of anti-blackness, and it has deadly consequences for many groups of indigenous folks and other people of color, as well as fat folks. Now, here's the thing. I happen to have numerous friends that are not Caucasoids. None of them are fat. Is this a slander of race? Seems like it to me. Or is it that manipulation they like to do to create a racist problem where there not only isn't one, where there shouldn't be one, but to distract from the fact that your fat ass is bringing us all down and now you want free health care on top of it, huh, Chubby? When you make the obesity epidemic a real symptom of capitalism, you are not only ostracizing fat people from anti-capitalist thinking, but also actively ignoring that the health outcomes related to obesity are more accurately attributed. What if your insurance premium was based on the way you took care of yourself? Boy, that would solve a lot of problems, wouldn't it? I mean, the drug addicts, we'll get the Hunter Bidens over there. We'll get the fat slobs over here. And then we'll get all the rest of us who take care of ourselves and care about how we look and don't stick drugs in our face as much as cream puffs and the rest of it. And then we'll have our own insurance. You want to go that way, Chubby? Because you couldn't exist without us. Because judging by the looks of you, your premium would be about 74000 a month. To food deserts and fatphobic discrimination in healthcare. The obesity epidemic was created by Western medicine to avoid addressing the actual causes of health inequity, which is what we as anti-capitalists should be doing. No, 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 honey. Here's how it works. You stuff it in the pie hole, and it ends up on your ass when you put too much in there. This is not, this is not science. It's simple math. But, you know, there are some freaks out there. They like them big, not just Bill Clinton. Now that's a cankle. Where does the calf fat end and the ankle fat begin? Who knows? That's the fun. It's all kind of freaks out there, and so I'm sure somebody qualifies for welfare in that story. Rich, Indian Head Park. Yes, John, how are you doing today? Good, so I'm what ready. I have to say is, when, uh, when uh, Biden withdrew from uh, Afghanistan, the, the crazy way that he did, he had $85 billion of military equipment. And now he's giving away eight hundred million here, eight hundred million there. Don't forget about the, two, the, the don't forget about the college about, deadbeats. About Fifteen million. Don't forget about the college well, deadbeats. We send him already. Yeah. We send him over what? Fifteen billion dollars already. We sent him six before you allocated the thirteen. No, no, no. Here's let's do the math. You sent him six before the thirteen point six. Now you're doing eight hundred. They have a drawdown now. Somehow they gave this idiot a drawdown, and now he's complaining okay. that he's worth it. But the eight hundred million. That's going to weapons is what you'll see on the news. You will not see the outrageousness that um, the American government is sending 500 million more to stabilize their economy. Well, people in this country are wallowing in Democrat failure, and some of them don't want gas cards to vote Democrat for these morons. There's some people with dignity left. Yeah, under- Nobody in the Democrat Party. I understand right. that, but we had 85 billion in equipment. We 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 would we would have seventy billion dollars more that Rich, we could be sending anywhere. How many billions did Barack Obama drop on Syria? How many billions did he drop on Libya? How many billions did he drop well, it seems in like North they don't Africa? Care about our money. No, we got nine active hot sites going on. Country. How many billions are we wasting there? You got to learn to let that stuff go. After all, Rich, these are Democrats. They don't have a concept of money. All they need to balance budgets in Illinois is a little welfare, and then we pretend the governor did something good. Tom in Blue Island. Hi, Tom. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I, uh, I said I want to tell you that call. I'm a union fat. I'm okay with being fat, right. and that it's Democrats that have to call themselves obese, where Republicans are okay with needing to lose a few pounds and trying to deal with it, buddy. Yeah, and you, you know, you wear it well. I told you, if you just had eleven guys standing <laughs> around you with red bow ties, I'd throw a bowling ball at you. Thank you very much, Tom. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the call, Dominic Glendale Heights. 
Yeah, I just can't believe she justifies being fat. If it wasn't for her, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, I'll be out of business. Exactly. It's amazing. My favorite part, Dominic, is I want you to go online and take a look at her. She has a Van Dyke. You know, the goatee is not connected, no. but the Van Dyke is connected. Dollar, oh, we got to get her a Dollar Shave Club uh, membership. Then. It's wonderful. That's no, a- I say we let it go and we call her Tom. It'll all be great. Thank you very much, Dominic. 312-642-5600. People say I'm mean when I make fun of them. That's all you can do is make fun of them. Because these imbeciles are justifying squandering the money and implementing fascism. And I will not stand for it. I'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. Good song. New Jersey begins legal sales of marijuana. Woo! All the Democrat sewers. What's going to save you economically? Dope and gambling. Look at you. Three communists and a bunch of sloths standing around cheering. It's not democracy, and we're not a democracy. We're a republic, you fascist pigs. You shouldn't have the authority to do anything you're doing. Anything. The idea that we, in the year 2022, are sitting here when the most obvious corrupted president in U.S. history is spending mindless money has the audacity to pretend to help economies of countries that have bribed him. That tells you why you should never live, vote for, or even eat next to a Democrat. Soren and Marengo, have I helped you? Soren? He went silent on me. He didn't know who to vote for for governor. He's very confused. I don't understand why anybody would be confused. But odds are Soren wasn't a real call. We get a lot of these Irving morons that want to pretend he's an alternative. Richard Dick Irving is not an alternative. He's not. He's not a Republican. He's a political whore who's more interested in luring the money of a billionaire than fixing the fascism and corruption that he wallowed in like a pig under the Democrat rule. The only one that's ever going to fix it is an outsider from it. So I've picked mine. I understand Darren Bailey is a good alternative. Fine. But do you think that in that sewer of corruption, you're even ready to vote for anything other than somebody so obviously frauded that he would chant welfare as economic growth in Illinois? I don't think so. That's just me. Because after all, they all think alike to me, which is why they're never going to be off point. They're never going to to admit to the fraud and fascism and the failures that are so obvious we're all wallowing in it. They're going to give you distraction after distraction. No, no, beyond that. I mean, nearly every day at the White House, he takes questions from the White House press corps. Yeah, but Jen. Two questions, three questions, eight questions. Yeah, but Jen. Every day. Has anybody seen him walk into the press corps office? Anybody in the 15 months? He's given very scheduled, very scheduled, very limited press conferences. The only time he's questioned is when he's staggering like a baby drunk walking on grass as he goes to the helicopter. That's it. And I, so, I, so why I mean, is that I, different? Well, He's done I'll, that I'll tell you exactly two or three why. times more than his predecessors. I'll tell you exactly. He, two or three times more than his predecessors. How many times did Trump get in arguments with press people in the press room? How many times did he answer on the fly everything? I'll even give it to Barack Obama, who also hid a lot, but I understand why. He didn't want to have questions about Michelle. Nobody did. However, he was five times more active than this feeble fascist who was probably 
on a diaper changing table as we speak. Why that's different, because when you're standing there, you can take a question, you can answer it, you can slough it off and you move on. It in no way compares, and oftentimes he gives a partial answer and walks away, it in no way compares to sitting down with a reporter for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and having, uh, you can't move away, you can't duck it. you got to sit there and answer the question and the follow-up. Now, Chris, I understand you're a victim of nepotism, and you wouldn't have that position if it wasn't for Daddy. However, do you think that this imbecile is capable of a 20-minute conversation without cue cards or a magic rabbit? On Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying with Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal. My by the Justice Department, because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. At least when he was just a typical Democrat bribed political whore, he could remember what he was talking about from the time the question was asked till he had to answer the hell did you do to my country you rat roach democrats from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show Every Monday morning in the once great city of Chicago, which is now a sewer, you hear the crime statistics of shootings, carjackings, break-ins, how many are committed by people who are supposed to be in prison. Can you quantify the devastation to the fraudulent parole system on society? I don't think you can. Nikki Goser is the executive director of Crime Prevention Research Center, and she's working on some new legislation. It's a radical idea. It would ensure that Criminals actually serve 100% of their sentence. Nikki, you radical, what were you thinking? You know, I am a victim of a very brutal and violent crime, and I have been through a lot, and I have learned, unfortunately, that victims are lied to every single day in criminal courtrooms across the nation when they're told that their attacker will serve a certain amount of time. That's a lie. These people are allowed to earn early release good behavior credits and they let these people out early and uh, a lot of these people are very very dangerous and still dangerous even serving time and you know what i can't help but notice no matter how many laws are in place to keep them away from very dangerous things like weapons they don't seem to care it seems to me like um you are in essence victimizing the law-abiding well emboldening the predators among us. So tell me um, a little bit about your legislation and how you are working and who you're working with and how we can help. Sure. Um, Well, the um, legislation, of course, here in Tennessee, it's called truth and sentencing. And um, that would expand the list of offenses that would mandate an inmate serve 100% of their sentence. And I'm talking about the worst of the worst offenders. We're talking about very violent crime, violent crime, murders, you know, second degree murder. We're talking about rape. We're talking about, you know, felony assault, 
you know, somebody beat me within an inch of your life. Um, you know, this is the worst of the worst out there. And these people, you know, do these horrible crimes that are absolutely so, you know, awful and violent and egregious. They should absolutely be forced to serve 100% of that sentence that is given. You know, opponents say that violent offenders need early release credits as a reward and, and a motivator to encourage good behavior while in prison. But, you know, if a violent offender will only behave because of some reward, then is that prisoner truly a legitimately reformed person? Are they guaranteed to not reoffend when they're out in society? Is it really genuine good behavior when you have to barter sentencing time with violent offenders at the expense of their victims and the rest of society? Nikki, you're talking to a city that is under siege from the predators in its society. You're talking to a city that when COVID hit, people were placed under house arrest while prisons were emptied out. And we go day in and day out with an obscene amount of carjackings and violence and mayhem, mainly perpetrated by criminals that are supposed to be in prison. In some cases, they are arrested on gun charges and they're let out hours early. So I'm wondering if you modeled this new legislation after something like the IRS, because I can't help but notice Wesley Snipes served 85% of his sentence, as most tax cheats do. Is there a way to cook it, hook, hook the legislation to the same kind of onerous penalties the government deems for not paying your taxes as, say, murdering somebody? Can we hook that together? Right. Yeah, it's so, it's really disturbing. I read about things coming out of Chicago and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just a revolving door in the, the prison system. And how many plates do you see from Illinois and Tennessee? Because the good people tend to flee, as I am talking to you from Studio Xanadu in Florida remotely. And I go back to the sewer when I absolutely have to. But the reality is, as these people come to move to these Um, states that know right from wrong and want to implement legislation like you're trying to do and you're talking to in Tennessee, how many of of the people that move there try to bring their politics with them? Are you noticing any of that? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, people move because, you know, they don't have freedom. They're dealing with horrible crime rates. Um, You know, taxes are ridiculous. And and they want to go to some place where they feel safe. And so they come to places like Tennessee. Yeah. Well, you know what? We don't have a state income tax, and it's pretty safe in most of Tennessee, except for places like, you know, Memphis, Nashville. The major cities are probably having some problems, but nowhere near what you guys are dealing with. No. Unfortunately, those people bring their politics with them, and they don't learn. They keep voting Democrats. They keep voting for politicians and policies that put good law-abiding people in danger and let criminals have the, the run of the street. Yeah. In fact, I'm trying to change that old Dean Martin song, If You Want to Be Happy for the Rest of Your Life, Never Make a Democrat Your Wife. I think it's got some future into it. I'm wondering how your legislation is being received in the uh, legislature in Tennessee. Is it being received well? Do you think it has grounds or in, a, in, a, in a bright future? I think so. So far, it's it's doing well. They might need to, um, you know, do a few tweaks. But um, basically, it would get rid of, you know, early release good behavior credits for certain offenders that are the very worst offenders. 
um, you know, victims should never be lied to in, no. in these courts. And they always are. And uh, you should see how bad it is when the Democrat judge is an open open about his politics and the sentences and the way in which predators are protected and victims are re-victimized. But you were previously the executive director of the Congressional Second Amendment Caucus. So you were in D.C. and you um, you worked with the scourge. Have you been able to get clean and how many showers did it take you? <laughs> um, yeah, I did not like living in D.C. I loved working for Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Of course, he was the chairman of the Second Amendment Caucus uh, there in Congress. He was fantastic to work for, but I did not like living in D.C. They have horrible crime. The traffic is terrible. People are generally not friendly. It's kind of a snobby, snooty place on Capitol Hill. Yeah, those are called Democrat cities, Nikki. You're too sweet for a Democrat city. You know that. you got to stay out of that thing. Massey is a great guy. I, I, I have to say I was put off in the beginning when I found out he drove a Tesla, but I, I've, I've looked into him a little bit, and I do like him. But you also have Marsha Blackburn, who I really like. Has she um, been aware of what you're trying to do, and is she an asset to you at all? You know, I have not personally spoken with her or her office, but it's it's very much in the news here, and I'm absolutely sure there's like no way she could not know about it. And I guarantee you, she you know she supports it. She's definitely hard on on crime, especially violent crime. You know, I, I do believe in some reform for nonviolent offenders. You know, people that are in, involved, you know, in drugs and people that do things in the folly of their youth that, you know, doesn't yeah. truly harm or, you know, kill someone. But, you know, there are certain offenses that are, that are absolutely something they should serve 100% for. I agree. I, I'm dead serious. I think it is outrageous that a country, we live in a country that's based on, on law, supposedly. And the most harsh crime that people do the the maximum of their sentence is in fact tax evasion i think it kind of shows you where the government's attention is on and they're not interested in protecting us um you were a victim of a horrible crime and you wrote a book and i'm just going to mention the book because i want people to take a look at the book for you it's uh, stalked and defenseless how gun control helped my stalker murder my husband in front of me it is a heartbreaking story, and I want to give you my deepest condolences. And um, it is tragic, but it is something that the people of Illinois are very well aware of, as it is far more difficult for a law-abiding person to obtain a gun than a criminal dirtbag scumbag. And uh, it's something that needs to be focused on. And uh, I have not read your book, but I am going to buy it. I'm assuming I can get it on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. All right, wonderful. Well, I know you have to go. I know you have a prior, prior engagement. I want to thank you for joining me. And if we can help you, the people of Illinois have no one to give their support to. We are surrounded by fraud Republicans and downright gangster Democrats. So if you ever need to come on and promote something or you need help in any way, please come back because we would love to have a good cause and good people like Blackburn and Massey and you. So please come back when you can. Yeah, absolutely. And you can check out our website at crimeresearch.org. Crimeresearch.org. Thank you so much for coming on, Nikki. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Take we'll, be, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. I have never accepted the 
Biden presidency. Uh, when I knew he was going to usurp the office, I revoked my consent to be governed by this political whore, this dimwit. That's what this country is about. Integrity. An idea of freedom. The bundle of individual rights. So I cannot wait to see Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary, 2,000 Mules. It's coming to a theater near you for only two nights on May 2nd and May 4th. Did operatives stuff ballot drop boxes during the 2020 election? (laughs) Only the real strategic ones. Was the 2020 election really the most secure election in American history? If you're a Democrat moron, you believe that. Or were there widespread voter irregularities, you mean like fraud, that have gone previously unreported? In this new film, with research from TrueTheVote.org, D'Souza examines these claims using GPS, along with security camera footage obtained through open records requests to track the movement of the so-called mules as they visited ballot drop boxes in multiple states around the country. Watch the documentary and decide for yourself. I already know what happened to Red Bastards. On May 2nd and May 4th, you can attend a limited premiere release of 2,000 Mules in a theater near you by visiting, and only by visiting, 2,000mules.com. Tickets are extremely limited and can only be purchased in advance. So get yours today at 2,000mules.com. That's 2,000mules.com. Of course they stole it. It's the only way you could explain this imbecile. 81 million votes. My Durbin. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Teresa. Are you there? I always hate when I go to a call and they're not there. Somebody effort and figure out why Teresa is not there. Go off. All right. Teresa, Gold Coast. I might. Okay. Can you hear me, Sean? I can hear you beautifully. Oh, good. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say the um, idiot Democrat judges and their so called sentencing, which is supposed to be punishment. You see these judges sentencing these monsters who torture and kill children to like 15 years or less. What is up with that? Are you talking specifically about affirmative action Jackson, who is now a Supreme Court justice? Because that is outrageous what this country is living. But here's the thing, Teresa, that is undeniable. You know it if you live in a Democrat sewer. You know it if you've ever had to deal with the bureaucrats. Those bureaucracies are littered with ideologues, with sycophants to the fascists calling themselves Democrats. They're mafia members. It's that simple. From the court to the uh, FDA to the NIH, you see what's going on with this Fauci. How come nobody wants to talk about the emails that talk about the origin? Now we're not talking about that anymore. We're just got a new variant and a mask and all the other BS. Because unfortunately, our government has been corrupted from the mafia calling themselves Democrats. Thank you, Teresa. And you think I'm wrong? You know, Elon Musk has now become sort a sort of a hero to people who are not in the mafia. I would say Republicans, but I don't even consider myself a Republican anymore when you look at the Republicans like the scum Adam Kinzinger or Dick Irving or when you look at Mitt Romney and his magic underpants. I don't like him, so I'm not going to call myself a Republican. So I'm listening to a lot of Elon Musk. A lot of Elon Musk interviews. I'm reading a lot of what he writes, and I'm deciding my opinion on him. He released something. If you remember, the SEC went after Elon Musk. See, Elon Musk has a a green energy company that I have attacked in the past because it 
really is derived and benefits if you buy it, you get certain subsidies, certain tax abatements. It's welfare to the rich. It's a car, an electric car, that is designed um, by Maserati. So it's a beautiful car. It's built on a, uh, a battery system that I don't agree with because I recognize that the batteries do more damage than any kind of pulling oil out of the earth does. But I read, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. It's hard to be a Democrat. It's hard to buy their propaganda when you do that. But what's not hard to understand is how Elon Musk articulates exactly what happened to him when he had to deal with the agents of the mafia called the SEC. The same SEC that does not look into option plays by the Speaker of the House in the tune of millions. Complex insider trading. They allow the, th the thievery and the fraud among the Congress people, among the Senate. But they have a problem when, you're not a part when you do not partake in it. With Tesla back in the day, funding was actually secured. I want to be clear about that. I should say, like, why, why do I do not have respect for the SEC? Because the SEC knew that funding was secured, but they pursued active public investigation nonetheless. At the time, Tesla was in a precarious financial situation, and I was told by the banks that if I did not agree to settle with the SEC, that they would, the banks would cease providing working capital and Tesla would go bankrupt immediately. So that's like having a gun to your child's head. So I was forced to concede to the SEC unlawfully, those bastards, and now it makes it look like I lied when I did not, in fact, lie. I was, I was forced to admit that I lied to save Tesla's life, and that's the only reason. So that's their idea of justice. And they have yet to investigate Pelosi or her dimwit husband. They have yet to investigate Barbara Boxer, who not only was driven around by a Chinese spy, but whose husband had numerous, numerous investments with the Chinese Communist Party and the American government. He's the B in C.B. Richard Ellis. May he burn in hell. His name is Bloom. And then when it comes to the whole green energy debacle, the whole scheme, the eco-Nazis, and their corruption, because that's what this is. It's corruption. I heard Gina McCarthy discuss the corruption openly yesterday. I'm joined now by White House National Climate Advisor Gina McCarthy. Who herself held numerous phony green energy stocks that money poured into, both her and the Pelosi's, and all the Democrats scum made a killing on it. And Advisor McCarthy, I want to ask you, I mean, President Biden did try to cut down on drilling with executive authority, but the global conditions have shifted. Americans' reliance on oil <laughs> remains high. How does the country increase production, use of greener energy in the short term while still facing all of these challenges and this crisis, especially now in the short term? Well, Garrett, first of all, happy Earth Day and Earth Week. Um, uh, let me answer your question. God, shut up. You ever see this Gina McCarthy Macbeth? She looks like Barney Miller's brother that's transgendering. You ever see her? Less than handsome woman. Very directly. President Biden remains absolutely committed to not moving your phone's forward. Going up. With it's your stockbroker. He wants to tell you you're killing it, Barney Miller with additional drilling on public lands. The challenge that we faced was that we had a court that ordered that a, a new lease to be done. The Department of Energy had no choice but to put it out. But they also find, found ways to reduce the size of that and its impact. And we'll keep doing what we need to do to appeal those decisions. And they're all making a fortune on it. Why? Because the industry here in America doesn't sustain itself. It doesn't work. So it got me thinking about Elon Musk. See, Elon Musk had a bomb year, the biggest quarter ever in the history of the company. The biggest ever. 
And, you know, it's sure people are buying his cars here in America. But do you know where Elon Musk has been successful? In Europe. And it wasn't with government subsidies. It wasn't with government building charging station. In fact, Elon Musk kind of invented something that nobody's talking about as America is about to spend hundreds of billions of dollars in insider trading payoffs to Congress people and connected Democrats. But Elon Musk solved the problem of the so-called charging stations. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I had to do my own research. Now, if somebody buys this car in the United Kingdom now, how many places are there where you can plug it in? Well, uh, anywhere there's an electrical outlet. What? Anywhere there's an electrical outlet? Then why are we building charging stations at the cost to the general public in the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars, if not a trillion? Anywhere. Yes. It, the, the there's charger, nothing special about the electrical the, outlet. The charger is built into the car. So you can, you can plug it in anywhere you go. Uh, you can plug it in um, if you're traveling somewhere, if you're at a cottage, at a hotel. Um, in addition to that, however, we're going to be... Uh, creating supercharger locations throughout the UK. So you'll be able to charge anywhere uh, at a Tesla supercharger location. Um, and one of the things that we do with, with these supercharger locations is that they're, they're free. So if you buy a, a Tesla, you can, you'll be able to travel for free anywhere in Britain. Um, and, and it's free forever. You know who doesn't get any money in all of this green energy infrastructure bill? You know what one company is cut out of it all as Ford gets hundreds of billions and Chevy, those quasi-government companies, those union payoff, subsidized scam companies. Tesla doesn't get any money from it. Isn't that amazing? So in other words, he did it all without the public funding at all? I mean, I'm sure there were tax benefits because if you bought the car, you got a tax benefit. Maybe that's why the SEC went after him. Maybe these entities are really what I say they are. Part of the Fourth Reich's bureaucracy. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. All right, this was not going to be the segment, but let's let, let it be the segment because we have a conversation amongst us. It's very interesting, I think. The economics of the corrupt mafia called Democrats is fascinating because it harms their constituents. Ex except for the ones that are in on the crime, when we talk about green energy, destroys the freedom of the ordinary man, which is the goal of the fascists. They don't like you having the ability and freedom to move about the country, to, to enjoy yourself, to not bend knee to them. So they've got you right where they want you right now. That's why when we talk about approval ratings and gas prices, listen, they stole the election. They're going to steal the next one. It's over with. But what you have to do is be aware of this and go to high ground. So, for instance, let me uh, here, 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 here. They're doubling down on stupid. They're sending $500 million to help the economy of the Ukraine because the oligarch bribed Biden. They're benefiting. Every policy benefits the Chinese Communist Party because the Chinese bribed Biden and Kerry. They bribed them. So when they come out with their policies, this isn't about helping Democrats who have to live in the squalor of the ghettos they build. This is assuring that you will live in that squalor for at least three and a half years. Uh, but at the very same time, we must speed up, not slow down our transition to clean energy. So we are speed it up and slow. Oh, go ahead, speed it up, because if you live in the city of Chicago and you want to fill up your car, it's 80 bucks. Now, maybe you got government cheese. And you get your rent for free and your food for free and you get your 
pretend health care for free. Sooner or later, this is going to have a problem on you. And what you're going to realize, I get asked all the time about the real estate. Why is it so good here and so bad there? Because classes separate under this kind of corruption. That's what socialism is. It's corruption. They separate. So if you're in on the scheme, you're going to be fine. You're going to weather this storm because $80 is annoying to a rich man. It doesn't change his habits at all. But for the working people, it changes your habits drastically. The massive, massive cost of inflation doesn't matter to a rich guy. He's just aggravated. He's still never going to miss a beat. He can afford it. That's the only people that can afford this kind of corruption, this kind of socialism. Most people live on their credit cards. And those very same people are the ones who buy the lie that raising interest rates will help the economy. It's going to double down on stupid. But we have this idea, this notion, that rich people make out when the banks collapse. Only the banks make out. Very few people actually make out. This implementation of this economic swindle and fraud on the American people will continue to separate classes. And in those states that are living on a lie, that are living on, on mortgaged properties, you'll suffer the most. The states will have the rich people. They don't have mortgages on their house. Here's an amazing statistic that everybody should be aware of. There are neighborhoods, zip codes, where 80% of the property have no mortgages. Do you know what the percentage of paid-off property is in Illinois, the entire state? 6%. Do you know what the mortgages are in, say, Naples, Florida? 20% have mortgages. 80% do not. Classes will separate under Joe Biden as they separated under Barack Obama. Ironically, the only people that can afford this kind of corruption in government are people who are already established. This will only assure that people can never work their way out of this because they have to fund their corruption. They have to fund their schemes. It's irrelevant if it works. It, it, none of it works. The sad part is, is the people tolerate it because they're so beaten down. So this approval rating that you're going to be inundated with on all the other shows and on the news. We already know where the midterms are headed at this point. It's either going to be bad or catastrophic. But this is about Biden in 24. What do you got, Steve? Yeah, take a look here, Chuck. We'll basically go back to Bill Clinton in his first midterm in 94. That sort of ushered in this modern era. We've had three presidents, starting with Clinton, who lost control of the House in their first midterm. Biden, if that happens this November, would become the fourth. So where does Biden stand right now? If you average all the polls together, Biden's approval rating is 41.3 percent. If you add- Now, they're saying it as if it's bad. The idea that there's still... 41% of the people in this country that are not disgusted, that are not aware, we have the most corrupt, most incompetent, most mentally unfit president that's ever held the office, tells you we're in the beginning of this stage, not the end. And as for the election, everyone says the midterms, the midterms, the midterms. Everybody accepted the cheat in 2020. Even the Democrats don't believe he really got 81 million votes so what makes you think they won't accept it the next time there's a lot at stake there's the scheme of the democrat mafia socialism collectivism it's a scheme it's not a policy they like the corruption why do they like the corruption because you now 
get to pay off the people who are favored by the corruption. Wanted to note on that front, yesterday you may have seen as part of the administration's historic commitment to support student loan borrowers and get borrowers the relief they are eligible for, the Department of Education announced changes that will move more than 3.6 million borrowers closer to student debt forgiveness, make 40,000 borrowers eligible for the immediate discharge of their loans under the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, provide immediate relief to thousands of borrowers and income-driven repayment plans. We're delivering this relief to borrowers by fixing long-standing failures in the Income-Driven Repayment Program, or IDR as it's often known. Income-driven repayment is one of the best options for borrowers who have, who have, uh, who they have towards tackling their student loan debt. For too long... They're deadbeats. And as long as they agree to overlook the corruption, the obvious failings of this fraud in diapers, they're going to get paid off. So this system of corruption, this is what it is. It's honesty and integrity versus dishonesty and a welfare state. That is the problem. 312-642-5600. Brian in uh, Janesville, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? Wonderful, Brian. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Hey, thanks for uh, exposing these losers and morons. I appreciate it. But I got a a lighter question. I'm getting uh, married in June to my best girl. And and, uh, just before the wedding, when uh, the best man, my brother, and my friend sitting around, and we're drinking a glass of Old Band, I need a a good smooth cigar to go with it. Uh, Macanudo Inspirata? Uh, Macanudo Inspirata. Macanudo Inspirata. And I'm not a Macanudo guy, but they came out with a new blend. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. I still like a Hoyo de Monterey. Fantastic cigar. And if you want to man it up, and you smoke what I smoke, Anavo Nicaraguan 6x60. Synchro. I highly recommend it. All right. Thank you very much. All right. I take all kinds of questions here, Brian. Let me ask you a question. How old are you? Um. Don't be I'm embarrassed. In my 50s. 50s? Oh, I those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Those are 50s. This is so this is the third marriage, fourth marriage, are you some sort of sexual deviant? No, I'm still a virgin. Nice. Well, <laughs> so is my producer. So I completely understand. Listen, you're gonna love it. Have a good time. I'm proud of you. And Thanks, the good John. news is Keep someone will take care work, of you. Oh, I appreciate that, Brian. Yep. Thank you. Take- See, we got even oh, there's love at all kinds of stages. You remember what I said? You want to be happy for the rest of your life? Never make a Democrat your wife. Bruce Waukesha. Sean, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I, just a quick you know, question regarding the student loan forgiveness thing. Whatever happened to any type of uh, dollar amounts, whether it's a loan, any type of financial arrangement where, where monies are forgiven, that becomes instant income and should be taxable then. I want to know why how we can just forgive things and not even consider income back to the the borrower. Because we are living in this quasi-socialist country, and it is. And we are are now going to have an entire party, because, you know, the challenge to this 80-year-old dementia patient is the 82-year-old Soviet, Bernie Sanders, who says everything should be free. So the Democrat and 90% of the Republican Party have lost the principles and fundamentals of exactly what a country is. And now you have a collective. And ultimately, what they don't understand is they're surrendering their liberty. And they're surrendering the principles of what made us so rich. It wasn't socialism. In fact, you could trace back the economic problems of this country 
to the implementation of socialist programs. You know, in 1971, you know what the deficit was? This is a fast. I was I was reading a book from 1971 and I couldn't believe it. It's like 40 billion dollars. That's it. The whole national deficit or, or debt, excuse me, the national debt, 40 billion dollars. You think about the fact no one even talks about this, not Republicans. Democrats could give a rip because, after all, look at how they view debt. Just erase it. It goes away. It's magic fairy dust. Poof. Oh, you went to college. You don't owe anything. And you know whose fault this is, Bruce? Ironically enough, George W. Bush's fault. Because he sold the nation on the virtuous people were the very greedy son of a bitches who took off loans they never intended on paying. Never intended on paying. So now you're going to point fingers? See, only people who paid their debts, like me, like you, like our listeners, have the right to tell right from wrong because you got a country where 90% of the people practice wrong. Thank you very much, Bruce. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back after this. AM560, the answer. Ah, you play a great song. I got to read a line. Our Republicans of Maine Township are roaring back with a relaunch celebration cocktail party featuring Todd Ricketts, Sean Morrison, Jazz artist Cindy Cronin. It's a champagne toast. Hors d'oeuvres. Meet up with fellow conservatives. And if you don't like them, you could throw the hors d'oeuvres at them. I'm pretty sure they allow it at Cafe La Cave, April 28th. Tickets start at $100. And sponsor opportunities are available for you big shots. All the details for the Republicans of Maine Township relaunch celebration are at romt.us. That's romt.us. Let's go to the lines. I love this name. I hope he's as knowledgeable of the economy milton lake bluff is that Hi, me yeah it's you you're milton right oh all right wow that's interesting she never did take my name um yeah i'm old enough to remember 2007 you alluded to it right before the break i mean the housing crisis i mean as bad as it is now it's nothing compared to what it was at the end of the w's term second well no no term. no well 2007 was actually on, on a, two, 2007 was the beginning, but the actual collapse was 2008. Homes were the excuse. The fraud was on Wall Street who bundled bad debt with good debt and lied about it. And they should have all went to jail. Those companies should have went bankrupt. And it should have all been done through the rules of capitalism. Instead, we had to break the rules, if you remember the speech of that moron, George W. Bush, in order to save capitalism which is a complete well you got to remember life. you got to remember the rules of capitalism also brought us to our knees i mean there were no that's not remember, capitalism deregulate well that's listen not, to me which is don't interrupt can you please not interrupt shut up shut up don't you ever talk to me like that you moron you don't know what the hell you're talking about you got the year wrong you stupid idiot tell me what you don't even know what happened the rules of capitalism you know what the rules of capitalism are there are no rules you invest money, you lose money, you pay the cost. You invest money, you make money, you keep the money. That's the rules of capitalism. Don't confuse corporatism with capitalism. Now shut up and vote for Dick Irving. Mark, Northwest Indiana, idiot. Not Man, I, I, I love how you handled. I love how you handled these guys. That's awesome. Stupid son of a dog. Hey, That's what they are. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, the, the question I have is if, if Biden passes this student loan forgiveness, when the conservatives are in charge, I think we should take every endowment from every university and college. Yeah, I know, Mark, but here's the thing. It'll be like the money in Afghanistan and everything else this crooked bastard paid off. You lose it. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. Jay Anconi is a research fellow for the Regional Economics Data Analyst at the Heritage Foundation. His research focuses on fiscal and monetary policy. EJ, did you pay your student debt? Sean, you bet I did. <laughs> Can you believe what we're living in? And, and and who gets to decide what isn't doesn't need to be repaid, what's free, the word that is beyond misused? Who are these gods among us, EJ? Well, you know, Sean, I, I think that that caller you had a few minutes ago that you rightly berated, you know, really, really kind of uh, illustrates the problem. The fact that anyone today thinks that it was capitalism and not government that caused the housing crisis, and the same thing goes for the current student loan crisis, that's the real problem. It was the government that stepped in and said to banks, hey, you're not making enough loans to black and brown people. And if you don't start making those loans, then guess what? All of a sudden, the SEC and other government institutions are going to determine that you're not quite as well capitalized as you thought you were. So it was the heavy hand of government that got us into the housing mess. And now it's the heavy hand of government that has gotten us into this whole student loan mess. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous that anyone can think I can take out $200,000 or more and then not have to pay it back. DJ, it's not just anyone. It's, it, is insane. it's not just anyone. These are Congress people. They're literally voting to benefit their own pocket. It is uh, something oh, that you haven't seen since their stock portfolios. True, very true. And, and when you look at the specific institution, or this, I should say the specific group of institutions that's most helped by the government takeover of student loans, which, by the way, was put in place to help fund Obamacare, and now it's no longer funding that. That's another dirty little secret. Mm -hmm. The taxpayer is missing out on $5 billion a month for every month this moratorium is in place, but neither here nor there. Who's benefiting the most from this? It's colleges. It's universities. In other words, camps of liberal indoctrination, where they take young minds that conservative parents have diligently raised and taken care of, and then they meld them so that they're nothing more than just liberal talking heads, so that all they can do is repeat the Democrats' talking points, and they have no critical thinking skills for themselves. So how does, how does student loans actually colleges and universities? Because they make it affordable for people who ordinarily would have done things like gone to a community college or gone to a trade school who would have would have had some kind of productive work other than wasting four years of their life getting a gender studies degree. Yeah, I have two kids in college that I pay every cent, every cent, their housing and the rest of it. So we had this conversation. They just happened to be in town for, uh, for the holiday. And I had this conversation with both of them, and I said to them, I will give you the money. I want you to go out into the workforce. I will give you what your tuition is. I think it's, it's money better spent. 
And I do not want my kids to learn to be welfare roaches because the reason that this is happening is so that you can normalize something as wrong as socialism. And, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about all of the different implementations of socialism that is a cancer that has eroded our freedom and our, and our capitalism and our society. This is all has to be a plan. It has to be, EJ, because the fact of the matter is you're benefiting the people who should, in fact, be taught or be looked at as scoundrels. You benefited all of the people who defaulted on their loan. You benefited the very corrupt banks that organized the lie, bundling bad debt with, with good debt. And as far as, you know, the idea that it's, it was a race thing, it wasn't really a race thing when you realize you benefited everybody who had poor credit ratings. So you backdoor nationalize the banks with that scandal. You pay off the very criminals. Now you have the health care system. You backdoor nationalize health care. You backdoor eliminate the idea of insurance and the idea of, uh, of taking care of your, yourself. And you, you benefit the people who should be ostracized. Isn't this really a greater scheme of backdoor implementing collectivism and Marxism and corrupt government mafia? I, Sean, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, you know, especially with, with the idea of it being so socialistic. As is very typical with socialism, the group of people that the programs are supposedly supposed to help, they actually end up hurting. These college loans are not primarily benefiting people from the lower income classes. Let me, I'll throw some numbers at, at you and your listeners, if you don't mind. So sure. college, grads, college grads make 45.2% more than the average worker. Okay, but we're going to forgive these kids' loans and ask the average worker to pay it off in taxes because all this garbage about forgiveness, that's just a euphemism for the taxpayer having to foot the bill. College grads make 57.6% more than those who only have some college education or, let's say, an associate's degree. And college grads make, ready for this one, 125.3% more. So they more than double the average income of those who never finished high school. But they're the poor suckers who are going to be stuck picking up the tab. Why are they then the most loyal base of the, of the socialist mafia called Democrats? Why are they just simple step-and-fetch votes rather than realizing it's actually bottom-up welfare? And uh, is, why can't we find politicians to articulate it rather than two very handsome, brilliant guys on a radio station in Chicago? Who, who, by the way, both love cigars, and I need a cigar recommendation before Avo. the end of the segment, by the way. Avo, Nicaragua. But, Go ahead. <laughs> neither here nor there. I think a big part of the problem goes back to just our education system at large, where people today just seem to have no critical thinking skills. Someone not that long ago was telling me that COVID told us, you know, who was smart and who was dumb, and I actually disagree with that. I think what COVID, I think what the last two years in general demonstrated for us is who among us has critical thinking skills and who does not? And sadly, it seems like the vast majority of people no longer have critical thinking skills. People who were dismayed that that judge overturned the decision that we all have to wear masks on airplanes, people who were upset about that have no critical thinking skills. We've known for over a year, based on the government's own data, that you have to sit next to a COVID-positive person who is symptomatic, that means they're coughing and sneezing on you, for 50 hours straight on an airplane to catch COVID from them. You know what the longest flight in the world is? I believe it's a flight from Singapore to New York. It's only about 17 hours long. So you literally can't catch COVID from someone on an airplane. And yet 
people have been wearing masks this entire time. So we have an opportunity. There's always opportunity in tragedy, at least in this country there used to be. There's always opportunity in failure. This could be an opportunity to revamp the entire education system, because if you look at this whole argument by the Marxists, by those who take honeymoons in the Soviet Union, if you listen to them, they're basing it on the, on the principle of, well, you give away grade school and you give away high school. So you should naturally give away college. And I look at it as you should give away nothing. And the parents should be responsible because the idea we've accepted, a level of socialism we're comfortable with, is really the problem. In Chicago, the major problem is we fund this with property taxes to the organized crime syndicate called the Teachers Union. That idea needs to be revamped. And my question to you, EJ, is this was an idea that was really floated about by who I think is one of the worst presidents in the world, Richard Nixon. This is something that we've allowed to be attached to property. How did we allow it? And can we disconnect it? Because the idea that we have people who never have kids, who've raised their own kids, who send their kids to parochial school, just paying mindlessly in the city of Chicago $28,000 a year for somebody who has a high probability of carjacking you later in the week, I find offensive. It, it's not only offensive, but it's just downright stupid. The The whole way that, that property taxes became attached to to schools is is really just convoluted, and it completely betrays the, the original intent, which was to try to ensure that your ability to pay was matched with the resources that of the government that you were using. And, and that essentially is not the case at all. But neither here nor there, I think actually there is more momentum now towards getting rid of the entire public education establishment than there ever has been, at least in my lifetime. And a lot of that goes back to COVID. Again, I think you really hit the nail on the head, Sean, when you talk about good coming out of tra tragedy. With COVID, all of a sudden, parents were able to look over their kid's shoulder as they so-called learned remotely, and they got to see what was actually going on in their classrooms on a day-to-day -day basis. They were shocked. They were horrified. And they threw out Governor Blackface in Virginia, and they elected a Republican who promised to give them more school choice. And I think there's tremendous movement in that direction. And that, I think, is the only way that you break the teachers' union. I think that is the only way that we decouple education from this, this ludicrous funding scheme we call property taxes. In all of your research, you know, I, 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 I'm just amazed that we are at this point in the year 2022 in, in America. I really am. The idea and the scheme of this, of this utopia, of this somebody else pays for it and nobody has to pay and all of it, it's brought down everything it's ever touched. It's destroyed once great nations like Venezuela, like Cuba, which was the, the gem of the Caribbean. The richest island in all of the Caribbean and all South America was Cuba. All they did is implement this ideology. Everywhere in America that we've implemented it, it's everywhere now. In all of your years of studying the data, has it ever even come close to paying for itself? Not once. Not in a single instant. And, you know, again, in, in, in my research and in going through the data, one of the things that has amazed me is when we had large conflicts between nations that were expressly socialist, like Nazi Germany, and countries that were expressly capitalist, like the United States, when the capitalists won, somehow we derived from that, oh, you know what the world needs? More socialism. Yeah. And that was the direction that Britain rapidly moved in, and we've been moving too, just at a slower pace. 
Maybe it's because we took all their scientists and doctors and then brought them here without any penalty. Um, See, it goes right. It goes right back to academia. It really does, and it really is the bulk of the problem. The, but but there was a time in this country that that better dead than red actually was in academia, and if you look at the transition that we are to today, can private education, can institutions like the Heritage Foundation and so many others out there that are working diligently hard, can they win this battle? Or is there such an ignorance level as uh, when I watch the news in Chicago that is taking over the nation? You know, I think we can win. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, But, you know, to be honest, Sean, even if I really didn't have that much hope, I would still fight like hell anyway. Yeah. Because the alternative is just to die lying down, and that's sure as heck not a way I want to go. And I'm just, I think that after this administration gets done with the country, you know, people forget we're 15 months into this, and it's a, it, it, it's an unmitigated, absolute and total collapse and, and failure in every instance. Um, I think that maybe when they're done with this, there will be that ultimate, all right, I uh, we are wrong, and the whole thing is a scheme, and you guys were right. At least I'm hoping and I think after we get done proving that the answer to our problem uh, by the by the politicians in power is also riddled with the corruption, there's a tremendous amount of corruption in this scheme. And do you think there will be attention pointed on it when it comes to this payoff of elitists by the people who work their whole lives? I, I think so. You know, we, we sometimes forget that we didn't just get Ronald Reagan out of thin air. It took a Jimmy Carter to give us a Ronald Reagan. And that could very well be where we are as a nation today. We may need to go through this catastrophic collapse, these terrible four years, before enough people have finally wised up, before enough of the people that you've been describing, who just mindlessly absorb the talk, what the talking heads on TV say, before everyone finally wakes up. And I think we're, we're, on, that, we're on that road. I mean, to put the current inflation uh, problem into perspective inflation is now growing as fast in one month as it used to in a year when biden took office that's that's how much he has accelerated inflation in just less than a year and a half ej i hear the answer and i watch people chant for their own bankruptcy is to increase interest rates i see the corruption in the uh, in the principle of monetized debt which is a scheme itself why is it that so few people are aware that when inflation was the highest, as they compare it to 1981, the Fed funds rate was at 16.3%? Why are they in, insisting on doubling down on stupid? That's another great question. I mean, the pithy answer is you'd have to ask them. But if, if you don't mind me being cynical, it's because they know what they're doing. They know that the only way that they can pay for the trillions and trillions and trillions of our dollars that they have taken and wasted is to just take that money from us again. And that's exactly what hap- what has happened so far during the Biden administration. Because of inflation, real wages, in other words, how much your earnings can actually buy, has fallen 4.5%. For the average worker, that's over $2,400 a year. For a family with, with two parents working who both make that average income, that's almost five grand a year that has been confiscated from you in the hidden tax of inflation. It is it is outrageous to me. And when you see that, you know, it's heartbreaking, too, because I was raised by a woman who struggled her whole life. And we didn't have a lot of money. 
And when you see that a trillion dollars has been put on credit card debt of the consumer in the last quarter, and you see with every interest rate bump up, their costs go up. I feel like that movie with George Clooney, of course I'm the lead, where they're going up the wave and there's no way to go around it. I believe it's called The Perfect Storm. Do you think I'm being dramatic? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, the, the Federal Reserve and, and the Congress and the President, but mostly the Federal Reserve, you know, at this point has basically backed the nation into a corner where the only way out is pain. I mean, this is, this is exactly <laughs> okay. where we were at the end of the 70s and the early 1980s. The only like- way out is pain. It's just a question of do you want that pain to be inflation robbing you of your money for years on end, or do you want it to be a quick and terrible recession? You sound like Mr. T in Rocky Three. Your prediction for the fight is pain. All right, so listen, before I let you go, the people can find EJ, and it's Antony, correct? Yes, sir. I butchered it the first time. EJ Antony at Heritage Foundation. Now, the Avo Nicaraguan 6x60 synchro mm-hmm. is the only way to go, brother. And if you don't okay. like it, I'll buy it back from you. All right, we got a deal? <laughs> it's a deal. Thank you so much for the work you do, and thank you so much for the Heritage Foundation. Please come back. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Chanting for their own demise. That's what a Democrat is. You're so far behind, you think you're ahead, morons. Drowning and wallowing in the quicksand of socialist failure, thinking you're winning. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I was listening to the argument about the student loan forgiveness. Yeah. Anybody who's driving an Econoline van right now, who's a painter or an electrician or a plumber, bricklayer, truck college, driver, any of those guys who are working, I got to be careful, who are working really hard. Uh, working their ass their off. Business. Come on, we're men. Yeah, we talk like men or Democrat women, either way. Say, we're working their ass off. They just got out of somebody's house, or they got a nice house, and they got you know they just have an education. They haven't paid off their student loans. Their taxes are going to go pay off those people's student loans. Anybody who's listening to this, and they're furious and they're tired, and they just want to go home and relax. Don't get involved. So you vote the other people out who want to forgive these. Or loans. you go to Delaware. You get a sham LLC. You cozy up with the Democrat mafia. You write a phony baloney book. You sell millions and millions of dollars. You don't pay your Social Security tax, and you get elected president when you're wetting your trousers. You, you could you do that. And you get a government job. You there can you do go. That too. Yeah, the real one percenters, the union hacks. Tony, Naperville. Hey, Sean, new listener. Just moved back from Europe over here in Naperville. I just want to say for the people that had to get their college the hard way. For example, myself, I come from a family of 15 kids, and our way of getting it was you either get a scholarship or you go into the military, like myself. For people like myself, I, that's a bitter pill to swallow to watch other people get free handouts, student oh, loan forgiveness, when us had to do it the hard way. Well, you're a man. You were raised by a man. 15 kids. Is your, uh, your parents have yeah, to my, be very attractive and really into each other. Did they have a TV, Tony? <laughs> multiple actually seven of them are adopted my mom oh, had these children she ran the house like Mussolini so oh I love that you got me nervous there I thought for a minute your father couldn't pull out of a parking space thank you Tony thank you for listening I appreciate <laughs> thank you. it Mark Libertyville hey Sean hi you there yeah I'm here you, you, hey, you, you, you? I'm worried with the tone um, of your voice is everything all right 
Everything is perfect. You know what? You're 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 right. Your guest just before the break brought up something that I've been saying, Sean. And you know what? I don't think it's going to happen. I think the pendulum's going to swing back our way uh, in, in November. All but right. Sean, there is a side of me that almost wishes it doesn't. You know why? Because Americans are so stupid. You know what? They we need to rub their noses in this. You know what they I like about this, this idea, Mark? You got it. I, you know what I like about this idea? I think we should start a movement. You want to be a Democrat sewer? Everybody move to the Democrat areas. We'll move to ours. After all, if your schemes are so wonderful, why do they have to be steeped in force? They should be voluntary. I like this, Mark. I just don't want to suffer through it. Life is short. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. All right, I will take your calls. I can't believe this is the last half hour of the show. Fastest show on radio. Jordan Peterson was a professor philosophy. He was squeezed out because he talked about the philosophy that the country was built on, the Enlightenment, the philosophy that you are your own property, that you are not to be ruled and you are not to be intimidated or coerced or forced. That's not popular, uh, especially when there's a party, a mafia involved, called the Democrats in America and Canada. You know what you got there, the drama teacher. Who have nothing but force. In fact, you cannot point to a Democrat policy that is not based in force. Not one of them. Sure, they wrap it in the velvet virtue of their phony utopia. But ultimately, their schemes, their plans, their policies are all rooted in force, in extortion, in a mafia government, in a gangster government. So there was a thought among philosophers that people inherently would appreciate their liberty and their freedom, and it would never be in jeopardy, even though we were warned by so many American philosophers that we're only one generation away from turning into a Soviet socialist utopia hellhole. Jordan Peterson today, this morning, I like his, his YouTube channel, his Rumble channel. It's actually Rumble, because I'm kicked off YouTube, and I think so many people are. Um, Jordan Peterson was upset today, and rightfully so, and he has a way of articulating things that I enjoy. In the Soviet Union, we don't know how many people died. The, the, the reasonable estimates look like about 25 million. That's dead. That's not just, that's not imprisoned. That is this is through the beginning of the implementation of the utopia of government collectivism, government control, fascism, the Democrat philosophy, even when there's a dimwit in charge with diapers. I believe they had um, Vladimir Lenin, who was a lot like Joe Biden, except he could form a sentence. Families destroyed. That's just dead. And in, Ma in Mao's China, it might have approximated 100 million. That's just internal repression. And so what, what seems to happen as soon as you decide that the hierarchy is unfair because there are oppressors and oppressed, then you can go after the oppressors with moral virtue. But the problem is, is that you, there's almost no limit to the number of ways that you can categorize someone as an oppressor. The, the category just starts to expand. Like the communists killed all the socialists. They killed all the religious people. They killed most of the students. They killed all the productive farmers. And they killed the productive farmers because they owned land, you know, and maybe a little house and a few cows, you know. I mean, to be a successful farmer in Russia at the, at the turn of the 20th century didn't mean you were rich, right? It just meant you weren't starving. And they implemented the rules of utopia, statism, that we are now adopting and pretending they want it through some sort of democracy as they destroy a republic. 
What they mean is a mobocracy. These are three idiots that want free stuff. Robert Bloomingdale. Happy Friday, Sean. It's not Friday. Oh, happy Thursday. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of think, myself. You're you trying to trip me up? You think I'm Joe Biden? I know what day it is, kid. <laughs> no, I'm having a Joe Biden moment. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of Friday. All right. Well, you eat hard-boiled eggs and cat food. I mean, maybe you're just malnutrition. Go ahead, Robert. You got a, you know, you got a good memory. I like that. You know? Thank you. Thank you. My wife heard today on radio, and I want to get your opinion on this. People from Ukraine, you're talking about a Soviet utopia. Yeah. The Ukrainian people, God bless them, are coming to our country. They have to buy, This is from the Biden administration. They have to be sponsored, have their immunizations. Meanwhile, you have, in short, you have Mexicans sneaking over the border and whatever else. No shots, no well, background not- check. Why, in your opinion, why is that? Well, they're not just they're not just Mexican people. They're people from all over the world that are coming through our open southern border, yeah. and it's a and here's the thing. I I like the idea that we're going to take people who were being slaughtered, and bring them here and 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 help them. I'm a big yeah. fan of the refugee program, and in particular with Ukraine. In fact, I wanted it implemented when the Ukrainian government was killing its own people since 2014. I would have liked that policy then. But then again, I was paying attention yeah. to it. It wasn't until now that I see the open bribery and the payoff to the oligarch Kolomoisky and the new Komedian and the Azov Battalion that I find it to be disgusting. Um, so why do I think it is? Because it's a distraction from what I just told you, that Joe Biden is not virtuous. He doesn't give a rip about the Ukrainian people. He never cared when he was withholding a billion dollars that was supposed to go help the Ukrainian people who were being slaughtered by their totalitarian government before we tried to you know, pay them off. So I, I, why do I think it is? Because they need Democrat voters. And who makes Democrat voters? People in need. People who are yep. from third world countries. People who, want free, who have, have a notion that they can get something that is free rather than understanding they're just useful idiots. So thank you very much. But there was a farmer, to um, Robert's point, that wanted to tell you what he sees every single day on his little ranch that he recently acquired about four or five years ago. How much worse is it now than it was before under the Biden administration right now? You were just talking about that. I've been here four years, and the Biden administration, when it started January, it started, you can nearly put it on the book, January last year. It was like a floodgate. Three years prior to that, I probably fixed maybe five, six, ten at the most holes in three years. Right now, from the day that the Biden administration took over, I have fixed 172 holes in my fence. Is that a warning, too, to the administration? They're refusing to do anything here. Well, if you could talk The administration to the needs to get off their butts and get down here and take a look. The ones that want to vote for this better life, come down here and see what and spend a month with us. I'd They're not say- interested in that because the the mayhem that's caused, primarily from the destruction of our society through drugs, the only thing that's inflation proof under a Democrat rule, that becomes the weapon. So that they could practice their virtue, their phony virtue. Will they corrupt our health care system? Will they corrupt our welfare system? Well, they buy votes in the same way Lori Lightfoot does. 312-642-5600. The last segment will be yours. If you're on the line, 
We'll discuss whatever you'd like, but that'll be after this. Back. AM560, the answer. Beth and Joliet. Hi, Sean. Hi, Beth. I heard on another radio station today, a company by the name of CF Industries was told suddenly that they will have to reduce their shipments by 20% through Union Pacific. Shipments of what? Ship shipments of basic fertilizer Ooh. across the country. It's Soviet so perfume. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about people starving people out and stuff like that, they ship to areas as Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, and California, where our farms are. Yes, the so, nuanced ramifications of political corruption, Beth. That's what that is. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. it's the interesting it's, topic. It really they're, is. They're underway really with their plans. And the ramifications of eighty-one million alive, dead, made up. Some morons that actually did vote for Joe Biden. They will have repercussions, consequences, and repercussions. That will translate into a lower quality of life as you navigate the quagmire of Bidenomics, also known as feudalism or fascism. Take your pick, even for you people lucky enough to live in good neighborhoods in a really terrible state like John in Elmhurst. Hi, John. Hello? John? Yes. You're on, baby. Hey, I talk, you talk, I talk. Yes. Yeah. Hey, um, they redistricted. I live in Elmhurst. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm not far from your shop there. I stopped in one day, but you weren't there. I'm but, never there. Um, I don't live there anymore. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. But, um, okay, so they redistricted us. And I'm getting um, calls from, you know, the new congressman. It used to be Quigley. But anyway, they're trying to, what are they trying to do? Because I think now in Elmhurst, we have a better chance of getting a Republican congressman, don't we? Well, I don't know if you've ever had a Republican congressman since 1975. The Republicans who pretend to be congressmen from that district normally vote a lot with the Democrats because they like to bring home the bacon. Um, it's going to be a, an uphill battle. In fact, they use the decline of people of you know, that didn't want to be part of the mafia or suffer the consequences of having a Pritzker run the state. They use that to eliminate a Republican district. So, yeah, it's going to be harder and harder, but that's why uh, it is an organized crime syndicate and it is the mafia. So it's going to be hard for you, John. So if you're asking me what I think the trajectory of Illinois is, I would say it's the similar to one of Dan Prof's drives on the back nine into the dirt with a lot of speed. Good luck. <laughs> Don't say I didn't tell you so. Thank you very much. It, it's a sad point of reality. But when you have an opportunity that Illinois has had so many times to vote for somebody who had the ideology and principles in Americanism and you continued to accept the fraud and the lies of the mafia and voted for Sean Caston or Lauren Underwood or J.B. Pritzker, you get what you deserve. And after all, from what I hear in all of the commercials, it's great. What are you worried about? You're doing fine. You have a balanced budget. It's all been wonderful. And if you're dumb enough to believe that, odds are you're dumb enough to think Dick Irving, also known as Richard Irving, is actually a Republican, even though he voted for Joe Biden and loves to rub elbows with that fat slob Pritzker. And then you're going to really enjoy the future under this. It'll be run by tremendous intellects who have philosophies of their own and can really articulate them in a great way. After all, let's talk to the more lucent of the Biden administration, I think everyone here recognizes how extraordinary space is. Whether it is satellites that orbit the Earth 
humans that land on the moon or telescopes that peer into the furthest reaches of the universe. What could go wrong? Now that's a cankle. Where does the calf fat end and the ankle fat begin? Who knows? That's the fun. There you go, you sick son of a gun. We'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.